0: My child woke me up at 6.45 this morning demanding cars. Again? (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is our new normal. Cars. You know, there are worse things to want at 6.30 in the morning. Heroin. I guess. Damn! (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) At least it's cars. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the things you could have said, you jumped to heroin. (laughs) Heroin. just trying to think of like the worst thing
0: yeah it would be significantly worse if my (laughs) two-year-old woke up and looked at me and said (laughs) heroin
1: you're right that would be worse
0: Welcome to your Moms a Hoax. This is a podcast where we talk about all things strange, weird, and somehow related to Zach Bagans. Always mm. with the fucking Zach Bagans. Always. Yeah, he's always in here. Always is in, he in here. Your, is he in your thing today? No, but God, I wish he
1: was. Oh, okay. So we didn't have to talk about him today, and you made me. Great. Thank you. Yes.
0: Yeah, so 13-year-old me is really living vicariously through 25-year-old me. Um, she <laughs> talked about Zach Bagans all day, every day. So Well... I guess
1: we have found the right job for you.
0: <laughs> like, yep, sure did.
1: Sure talk did. about it more than I care to, um, honestly. Ghost Adventures. Um, if you ever want to sponsor us, <laughs> do they still make that show? Yeah. Oh, they my do. God.
0: And honestly, he's built an empire. He doesn't even need sponsorships. He's got his own thing going. But if you ever want to, Sponda you us. let me
1: know. <laughs> you let me know. Thanks. Um, We have beef with Mark Wahlberg and the Blue Man Group, but not you. As always. No, never. Never you. I do, only Only the Blue Man Group (laughs) and Mark Wahlberg. Always Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess I'll start by saying I have a cough, and um, it sounds like it a little bit, I think. But I have enough of a voice to get through this, so here we go. (laughs) Hell yeah. How are you, my guy? I'm good.
0: We... My, my lovely, my lovely mother and our wonderful momager, um, got my daughter a toddler bed for her birthday, so we're building that. That's Um, fun. It is terrifying.
1: I'm glad I didn't buy her the Lightning McQueen toddler bed that I was going to buy her from Walmart for her birthday. (laughs) She would have had two beds.
0: (laughs) And probably still wouldn't have slept in either of them.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) It's exciting, but like when you really think about it, the biggest fear you have with them moving from a crib to a toddler bed is that they'll fall off the bed, right? No, it's that she'll be free range. Oh, okay. I was like, because she falls off the bed all the time, so that's not anything. Yeah, no, new. she'll be fine.
0: <laughs> uh, it's also pretty close to the ground. I am not worried about that. I am okay. worried about
1: the free range baby that's going to be in my house. Is it child abuse to say, like, could you like lock her in her room?
0: I'm not going to lock her in a room. I think she'll do damage. Oh, could you, like,
1: close the door? Um, yeah, I could. They say that's safest I- with a fire anyways.
0: Yeah, I don't know. At least then
1: you I just contain know. it to her stuff.
0: That's true. We could, what we're probably gonna do is uh, fix the baby gate. Ah, yes. A baby gate. That way she can only go into her room and our room.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I still want her to be able to come and get me if she needs
1: something. That's fair. What about when she crawls over the baby gate? Because she's chaotic
0: you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there i guess okay here
1: <laughs> please install a camera beforehand though because i don't think there will be anything quite like your child crawling over a thing and like falling on the floor <laughs> dude she's something i think it'd be really funny <laughs> oh, what about you my guy how are you eh, same old same old over here i've finally done traveling post christmas and your child's birthday party so, yeah. I am going to relax this weekend and get my hair done. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, though, not a lot. Not a lot going mm. on. I got this cough, like I said. I need Gross. to go to the doctor. I won't, but I should. <laughs>
0: it's got to wear a wearable. Also, <laughs> just fair warning, um, there is construction happening um, at our neighbor's house. Beep, beep. Beep. It's beep. more like... Because <laughs> uh, of all the drills. Fuck. That's, It's more like what's happening right now.
1: Alright, fair. Oh, well. You want to kick this pig? Yeah, let's do it. Alright. I don't think I have a coin. Oh, God bless
0: America. I have an app. Yeah, you do. You downloaded it. For the last time when my child
1: fell out of the bed and then just slept on me. (laughs) Alright. Heads or tails? Mmm. Tails. Flipping. Oh, it's heads. It's me. Nice. It's never me wow so today i'm gonna talk about the denver international airport oh one of my faves oh cool then you can uh add some to the discussion because um there's a lot here so i kind of like not gloss over everything but i'm not giving you like a novel on each individual thing you know what i mean
0: yeah no i but
1: got you here we go some of you may know why we're going to talk about the Denver International Airport, and some of you may not. And for those of you that don't, buckle up and hope that you don't have a connecting flight in Denver. <laughs> True. So, since it's opening in 1995, uh, some people call it, like, DEN, or some people call it the DIA. I'm going to go with DEN as Board. the abbreviation for Denver International Airport. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, since it was opened in 1995, uh, it's been the talk of the town and the internet. People are really confused as to why it exists in the first place.
0: Well, I assume that it exists because Denver needed an airport.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, probably the most obvious reason. But the real reason it exists is to protect the Nazis and the Freemasons and the Illuminati. <sighs> why are the Nazis always here? I don't know, man! I was just Get. thinking that earlier. I was like, "It's always again with the fucking Nazis." God, leave our me alone.
0: Are Zach Bagans and the Nazis, and only I'll one take, of those is good.
1: Yeah, I'll take Zacky Boy over the Nazis any day. Good old Zachy Boy, and th- that's that's saying a lot because I don't. Well, I, anyways, initially <sighs> there was let the record show. I make dark jokes sometimes obviously i would take zach bacon's in a heartbeat over a nazi <laughs> like i would hope so it, obviously i just wanted to be clear Uh-oh. i don't mean it when i say those things anyways initially there's a lot of buzz because like denver already had an airport and oh geez. it was it, it, it was an <laughs> international airport so so they actually a- didn't need an airport <laughs> no they didn't need an airport. Uh, they just, uh, they wanted to build one. And okay. this airport, I mean, okay, it was the Stapleton International Airport, and it had been around since, like, the 1930s. Damn. So, like, it probably needed a remodel. Yeah. But, like, I mean, they didn't have to build a whole ass new one, is kind of they the They said, point. you
0: know what, throw it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they were like, fuck it, tear it down. I don't know. Also, another factor is that it maybe wasn't big enough to even handle, like, the... I don't know, international travel that was, like, predicted or whatever that was, like, on the rise, Uh, so it could just be, like, a big, I don't know, like, a necessity because you need more space. Yeah, fair. But people were concerned because they, like, already had one, and their main question was, like, why spend a shit ton of money to build this whole-ass new airport and then also build it 25 miles outside of town? Like, it's not- fair. It's not centrally located at all okay the, oh, okay it being built 25 miles outside of town to me leaves it room to grow yeah but like denver's a pretty hip-hop in place like i feel like i don't know you'd want to be closer and like the podcast i was listening to mile higher they were saying that like i don't know it takes like 40 minutes to get to the airport like that's not very convenient <laughs> and if you're ubering yeah. or whatever like that's just hard to do it's yeah just that's an expensive uber suspicious Not only all that, though, but once construction began, people were kind of talking about it again because it's 53 square miles. Like, it's a lot of space. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot of space. Which, again, gives it room to grow, but, like, I don't know, that's a lot of miles.
0: That's, yeah, it's a a, a good amount of space.
1: I mean, it's one of the biggest airports in the country, like, based on size, if not the biggest airport in the country based on size. Which, I mean, one of them has to be the biggest, but... Yeah, true. And it gets biggest by a lot. Anywho, not only that, but they spent, like, a shit ton of money on this, um, like, automated baggage system. Okay. And it was supposed to be, like, really cool and, like, high tech and, like, super dope, and they literally did, like, a test attempt, like, the very first test attempt ever, and it went so horribly wrong that they were like, we can never, ever do this again, and just stopped building the automated baggage machine and left it the way it was. Great. <laughs> I was like, what was so bad in, like, the test attempt that we can't alter something and, like, use it? You know, sometimes that, like, much like my sad attempt to make cake
0: pops the other day, sometimes <laughs> you just try something and you just
1: throw the whole thing out. <laughs> You're like, you know? <laughs> it's just not salvageable. A hundred billion dollars be damned. <laughs> like, It'd be like that sometimes. I get it. There's also, yeah... There's also these, like, really big, seemingly unnecessary underground tunnels beneath the airport. And, like, some employees <laughs> say that it's to move luggage around, I guess, maybe with okay. ease, since there's not people up there or whatever. But, like, a lot of a lot of people are thinking, like, secret Nazi tunnels, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's
0: where my mind goes immediately. Immediately. Much like the normal person. <laughs>
1: hmm, because what else can tunnels be used for? You said much like, and then it cut out, and then you came back when you were laughing, and then you said, well, what else could tunnels be used for? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I missed the important part. Oh, I said, like, much like the normal person thinks. That oh, yeah. obviously <laughs> Obviously <laughs> Nazis. Obviously. Um, and on top of the underground tunnels that so we're not really sure why they're there... Uh, the budget for this thing was already like two billion dollars billion with a b billion okay it was delayed over a year and Mm. then like it took way longer than expected to build and not only that but it was an extra two to three billion with a b dollars over budget billion with a b jeez those tunnels are expensive yeah no shit costs a lot to dig a fucking hole in the ground um now once people get inside a year and a half like later after it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be opened this is where it gets like ah conspiracy theory (laughs) yeah hit me with it so leo tanguma i hope i said that right he is um the artist that's behind these really threatening murals that are hung inside of the Denver international airport (laughs) yes overall this art was supposed to like depict the story of how like, the world could change for the better versus, like, where we're at now, basically. Like, okay. just kind of supposed to be, like, a look in the mirror for us. Interesting choice for an airport. Interesting theme, yes. A very heavy subject matter for an airport. Yeah, for an airport that's... <laughs> a bit heavy. Yeah, <laughs> a bit bit much. And you guys don't even know what they look like yet. This art has fed into the idea, though, that, like, the Nazis and the Freemasons and the Illuminati built this airport. The first set is called um, In Peace and Harmony with Nature. Okay. The first mural in this, like, set is, like, unsettling, to say the least. People are crying. Um, Here, I'll send you a picture of it. Okay. You see it with the coffins? Oh, I didn't even notice the coffins. Okay, but you're looking at the Peace and Harmony one? Yeah okay so in the first mural uh brenna's looking at it it's pretty unsettling like i said there are people like weeping there's these three coffins with dead people in them like right in the forefront of this like photo like at the bottom like taking up like half of it kind of or a quarter of it at least there's lots of like animals that look or appear to be dead uh the trees are burning there's a penguin in a glass display box and i get that like I get what it's saying like it's just like a horrible look in the mirror for us I think like I think it's saying that we don't take care of nature value it and we put our animals in these like zoos and stuff like that like I think it's just like a hard look in the mirror for us yeah but the second one if you'll scroll okay uh, has a little bit more pep to it and I'm gonna post all these on the Instagram second one significantly more exciting um wow yeah people are celebrating they're like gathered around this tree or whatever that they're gonna plant um, there's no coffins and no dead animals, and the trees are not burning, and um, there's not a single fucking penguin in a glass display box. Yeah, it's just a very, it's just like very polar opposites. These two murals. Now Tanguma said that these were basically to just show that like if we keep going the way we're going, we're all gonna die and the world will burn. But like if not, like we can, you know, live peacefully if we just change our ways. But this all feeds into the theory that like there's this mass extinction coming and we're all gonna mm-hmm. die. And the reason people think that is because there's a bird in the first painting that's also in a glass display box, and it's called Mm -hmm. a quetzal. hope I said that right. Okay. Um, And apparently this bird is, like, a symbol for, like, extinction. Interesting. Yes. So, like, the reason why this symbol for extinction matters is because, uh, I don't know if it's the Illuminati or the Freemasons, but, like, one Mm -hmm. of the two, I don't remember which one, they... Basically, just want 2 billion people on the planet instead of the 7 billion people that we're rocking with now. They want to kick off, kill off fucking 5 mm. billion people. That's a, that's a pretty big ask. That's a pretty big ask. <laughs> pretty, pretty big uh, thing on your to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough order. But people think that, like, the underground tunnels and the possible, like, buried buildings that we're going to get to are where people are going to hide out to, like, live through the extinction. And okay. then come back so they can create, like, a new world order. So it's supposed to be, like, the powerful and elite are going to go hide out there. And this bird being in the painting is proof of this mass genocide of the human race. Okay. And the tree being planted in the second mural is, like, to show the new world government taking over post-genocide. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that's that's fun.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's... You know,
0: who doesn't uh, love a little genocide when they're traveling
1: internationally? Honestly, I mean, just a fair uh, conclusion to jump to from the paintings, I think. Yeah, totally normal. Obviously. Um, the second set of art, though, is threatening. Straight up, Good. we've been threatened. <laughs> we- <laughs> if you'll look in that same article, uh, this, this set is called Children of the World Dream of Peace. I'm going to be honest with you, that, that is not looking peaceful. No, it's it's a threat that Straight feels up. like a threat yes um we've got this guy who a lot of people assume is maybe a nazi soldier you know he kind of looks like one i mean i'm he's be a resemblance it was what i first thought he's also wearing a gas mask that doesn't fucking help anyone i don't love it i'm not I'm not a big fan aside from the gas mask and the nazi resemblance um he's holding like a giant ar automatic rifle for those of yeah. you that don't play Fortnite, um, and a fucking sword. I uh, yeah, a machete, a big ass machete. He's killing a dub with it, the dub of peace. Yeah, it's woof. Not woof. only that, like, there's all these children that are kind of sleeping, like behind the sword. I'm I guess gonna you be could honest say. With
0: you, I don't think they're sleeping.
1: I think the first set is sleeping. I think the second set are dead. <laughs> yeah, the first set they're sleeping on like bricks. Jesus. And the second set of people I think are all dead Okay, that's fun But art is open to your
0: interpretation However you would like to see it I'm interpreting that as a direct threat to my life
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that art is going to kill me God. Um, The second mural though If you'll scroll down on your little yeah. article there um, okay. It's very happy happy <laughs> well, Aside
0: from the dead guy
1: At the bottom, yep Yep. <laughs> so in this one the children um, from all over the world are just like they've got a banner of peace and they're watching over everything and it's just fucking sunshine and did... rainbows and at the bottom there's the dead nazi soldier <laughs>
0: did, did these children murder this <laughs>
1: <laughs> are these children killers I'm gonna be honest with you, that's kinda what it looks like. <laughs> they were like, I've had enough of your shit, my guy. Which like, valid. I too I get it. I too could punch a Nazi on a good day, but like it the way It's looking suspicious over there. <laughs> Cold blooded killers. It looks like the children murked him. They're real fucking happy about it. The fucking Doves of comeback. It looks like they murked him. Mm-hmm all's right in the world after they did that though So i guess if you've got to take out a nazi you've got to take out a Nazi. yeah
0: i mean you know do i blame them no
1: (laughs) do i think you should kill people no you know
0: probably not however
1: that guy that supposedly had the chance to kill hitler really missed an opportunity
0: honestly though yeah listen i maintain there are some people in this world do i Mm -hmm. think killing is wrong yes yes However, there are some people in this world whom, if they died, I would not mourn.
1: Yeah, that's a just a loophole. fact. Yeah, that's just a fact. Don't be an absolute trash human. You know, like that's just that's just where I'm
0: at. You know, some people. Do I think they should get murdered? No, because I think murdering people is wrong. However, I also would not shed a
1: tear. Yep. Moving on from that truth about us. <laughs> There's also this artistic rendering of like a letter that was written by a child who was murdered in Auschwitz.
0: Yeah. Jesus Christ, really, feeding into the whole Nazi thing.
1: I, I we're laying it on real fucking thick. <laughs> um, and it's just like I don't know. It's a really sad letter about like the reality that like those kids didn't get to be kids anymore, and yeah. how they like longed for that. Like whoever wrote this letter longed for it. What I will say though. Mm-hmm.
0: What I will say though. Is if Nazis were the ones building the airport, I, based on their sense of pride, I think they probably wouldn't have gone that route.
1: I think safe to say maybe not a Nazi hideout. However, maybe a hideout for someone else who doesn't like Nazis trying to push them away. Yeah, fair. Fair. You know, if the Illuminati and the Freemasons don't let in Nazis, I could maybe get behind them a little bit more.
0: Yeah, only a little bit, though, more yeah. marginally. I'm still yeah. not really with the whole killing five billion people thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> mass genocide's not really my thing.
0: Yeah. Also, because I'm pretty sure I would be one of those five billion people. Same. The I would odds are not be taken in... out. Yes. <laughs> the odds are not in our favor
1: if, on that if, one. <laughs> if glasses were never invented, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So I would definitely be taken out by a mass genocide. <laughs> like, mass extinction you know? of five billion people. <laughs> moving on from those things though yeah yeah uh oh sorry not moving on the letter that's painted and like put up depicted um it's supposed to just pay like a nice tribute to like those who lost their lives in nazi concentration camps okay but the question that is raised is like why are you doing that in an airport in denver that is also yes um i'm all for like a holocaust memorial do not get it twisted i just think like give them a museum (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's the thing for me is like the art itself. Like I understand, I respect. Like mm-hmm. cool. I think it's neat. I, I think it's you know definitely a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the but, like, the placement of the art, the location, the the physical locale, um, is what is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get off my girls' trip in Vegas and see that. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you know, or like like when I come, I. I like, I'm just, just being 100% here. When mm-hmm. I go to the airport, and a lot of airports have art. Fair. A lot of them. I think they, I, honestly, I think most of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to the airport, the last thing on my mind is, uh, let me check out this art, uh, because I'm trying to make sure that I get to my terminal on yeah, time.
1: Yes, but how do you how do you get away from it when it's threatening you the way that it is? <laughs> Well, I'm
0: probably just going to walk by and be like, that's weird. And then keep going. It's so weird. Like, if it's in an exhibit, then I'm going to take the time to look at it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if it's in an airport, I'm going to be like, huh. And then I'm going to keep going. (laughs) You know, like, I just feel like of the places that really, like, statement-type art belongs, an airport is
1: maybe not one of them. Because I feel like you're not really, like, but maybe i mean if powerful people travel through the denver airport regularly subconsciously they're seeing this message of like look at how the world could change is what i'm thinking from like the artist that painted its thought. subconsciously they're seeing this all the time maybe so maybe they'll be like you know i'm really putting some thought into that art yeah powerful people also have a habit of buying
0: things like rembrandts and then keeping them in storage facilities for years and years and years so nobody can actually look at them but they just have them so eat the rich eat the
1: rich <laughs> okay um <laughs> confirmed yes <laughs> moving on from all of the art though and eating the rich bezos i'm looking at you
0: yeah. um
1: the runways themselves almost look like swastikas that's not good it's not a you good really look. send
0: in a mixed signal here.
1: <laughs> it's all bad it's all a bad look
0: <laughs> um if, if
1: your goal is to confuse
0: me you've done it
1: yeah. You've done it successfully. <laughs> and they're not, like, exactly like a swastika, but they bear a really strong resemblance. Um Now, for those of you that don't know and have been living under a rock since 1944, the swastika is, like, the Nazi symbol. is like, the Nazi logo. Okay? Yeah, they really took that and then ran with it. They did, because it used to be a symbol of peace and still is a yeah. symbol of peace for, like, lots of religions. And, like... Yes. For a long-ass time before Hitler was even thought of, like, yep. people were using swastikas as a symbol of peace. And
0: as they do, the Nazis just had to ruin it for everyone.
1: Yeah. No, the Nazis ruin everything. But, like, important people that built the airport and, like, had a part in it being built said that basically it was built the way that, that it is. Because it's, I mean, you guys know what a swastika looks like. Imagine that sort of. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so that way all the runways can be used at the same time. Okay. Because they'd, like, jut out in, like, four different directions, which, fair. Yeah, that makes some sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not anybody's fault that that's what a swastika looks like. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And um, the higher-ups at the airport were like, we think it looks like a pinwheel. Which, now I think swastikas and pinwheels look the same. Womp womp. Ruining womp that womp. for me. Now, though, we're going to move on from the Nazis, because, honestly, just thinking about the word makes my head hurt. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to the Freemasons and their weird-ass time capsule. Okay. Yes. Uh, It won't be open until 2094, and God, I hope I'm alive to see what's in it. Oh, man. Can I make it that long? I'll be almost- we'll be almost 100. Still doing this fucking podcast. Every Thursday for the rest of your fucking lives. (laughs) I hope we're still alive. I do, too. I want to know what's in there. I'll be 96. If I die before then, uh, I'm just going to haunt the Denver airport. Until it's opened. That's fair. Couldn't you just ask God, though? That seems less fun. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's the easiest way, yeah, but (laughs) it's more fun, probably, to, like, haunt the airport. Yeah, I want to haunt the airport. Now, apparently, this time capsule holds the following. A credit card, the Colorado flag, (laughs) uh, newspapers from the day that the airport opened, and, like, other artifacts from, like, 1994. Mm -hmm. Fair. Typically what goes in a time capsule is shit like that. Yeah. Though... We don't know what's in it for sure. And I hope that it's something mischievous. Ooh. I don't know what it would be. I don't know enough about the, like, I mean, is it the Holy Grail? Is that what you said? A whoopee cushion. (laughs) 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 Could you imagine? The Freemasons just own everybody with a fart joke. Best prank ever. Best prank ever. But that'd be it. Yeah. That is peak comedy. (laughs) nothing will ever be funnier than that ever we waited a hundred years for a whoopee cushion incredible
0: (laughs) incredible i would that's what i that's what i want more than anything actually
1: i hope we live long enough to see it dude and that's like peak 90s humor too i know Please, god let it be a whoopee cushion a whoopee cushion and a little bit of heroin what else is 1994 (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) honestly though (laughs) <laughs> even weirder though with this fucking time capsule is that it credits um the new world airport commission at the bottom oh. of this monument credits them as like one of the builders or whatever okay the new world airport commission does not and has not ever existed <laughs> so God, please let it be a whoopee cushion that would be the funniest <laughs> break ever <laughs> i please. mean it would be it would picture it's not it's 2094 we've thought the denver airport was like illuminati Freemason headquarters for literally a (laughs) hundred years it's just a whoopee cushion dog i've never wanted something (laughs) so bad in my life that would be fucking hilarious it would (laughs) be so funny i would love that more than anything god i hope i'm alive lord if you're listening (laughs) if i am ever in charge of a time capsule that's, like, is at... Just a, big, a whoopee cushion.
0: That's all I'm putting in it. Mark my words. If I ever get to put a time capsule <laughs> into a very important monument, that is what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, it doesn't exist, and it's alarmingly close to the New World Order. It is, yeah. Is a, little, a little bit on the nose, if that's what the Illuminati was doing. Yeah. Like, it's a little too much. It's a bit forward. Yeah. Anywho... On to more Illuminati of it all. Um, a shit ton of people think that it holds, like, their headquarters beneath or, like, below the ground very near the Denver airport, if not directly below the Denver airport. Okay. Um, it's got these underground tunnels and bunkers, and when it was over budget by, like, $3 billion, billion billion with a B, I repeat, billion with a B, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people said that that additional money and funds came from the Illuminati yeah to fund having their bunker down there do you think they occasionally have the breakfasts down there i hope so yeah i would assume so i mean at some point the head of the illuminati is gonna host the breakfast would he not
0: yeah i mean that would be the polite thing to do yeah for sure
1: i mean if he's got the whole bunker it's true might as well back
0: to one of our cult episodes (laughs)
1: <laughs> but a lot of people say that these bunkers and stuff Rumor has it The reason why they exist Not the tunnels so much But the bunkers Was because mm-hmm. they were originally built As part of the airport um, Like up above ground And then at some point They realized they were just building them incorrectly Question mark um, So the construction crew decided to just bury the buildings And build the airport on top of it So you're telling me Yes That a bunch of people were given the choice to either
0: bury (laughs) stuff or blow stuff up. Because that's what demolition is. Yes. And they chose bury it?
1: I don't know that it was chosen. I mean, somebody higher up could have just made them bury it. But
0: You're telling me that not a single person was like, or, hear me out.
1: Explosives. Blow it up. Blow it up. (laughs) Also, how do you build the whole building and then be like, oh, this is incorrect? It just seems like burying it is the most tedious way to hide your I mistake. mean, that is so much dirt you would need That's to then so level much, I mean, off the ground yeah. again. It's a God, whole no. building.
0: Hell, even give me a sledgehammer. Give me one of those, like, cranes with the big ball on the end of it.
1: Yeah, give That's me one of those. That's so much easier. Yeah, for sure. A fucking Tonka truck would do a better job than what they yeah. did.
0: Yeah. And not a single person was like, I want to do that. That sounds more fun.
1: Well, this is all rumor. We don't even know if those buildings actually exist below that's, that's fair. the yeah. surface. But they think that it was like, I don't know, Illuminati was like, just bury them. Just bury them. <laughs> just, just bury It's fine. We're we'll going to use, use those later. It's fine. It's fine. Just bury them. it. will it. be nice. Shut up. Just bury it. And yeah, that's they think that they like, you know, either had the buildings built down there or had them buried so they could host their headquarters. Cool And I maybe should have explained this a little bit better at the beginning um, But, like, the bunkers are, like, why people think that everyone's gonna hide out there during this mass extinction Yeah Or, like, it's why it protects the lizard people or whatever the fuck Yeah And, honestly, I mean, there's 470,000 square feet of space step beneath the airport Like, in these tunnels and stuff And no one knows why, and that's pretty alarming
0: that is very weird It's odd
1: to say the least
0: It just doesn't seem Reasonable
1: Yeah it seems like a lot of extra storage For nothing to be going on And that's why there's so many conspiracy theories about it Aside from the art and stuff Is that like people want to justify What all that space yeah. is for They want to justify why the build took so long And why it cost so much Like, yeah, This is going to bring us to the last But the certainly not The least alarming thing about the Denver International Airport now. <laughs> when you arrive or depart, you will see a thirty two foot wide, <laughs> nine thousand pound blue fiberglass horse with glowing red eyes, standing yes. on its hind legs in front of the parking lot. Yes. It's Big Blue. It's Big Blue. Blucifer yes. is his full name. Blucifer. That's what the locals call him. And I would die for him. I also would. Um in a but apparently, so with the artist who made him. Well, some of us took it a little bit further than others, and we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> so, the internet uh, kind of thinks that this is a symbol of the four horsemen of the apocalypse.
0: He Mainly is terrifying. He's, he's
1: kind of fucking scary looking. I mean, he's, he's called so Lucifer for a reason. Also,
0: like, just because Lucifer is my favorite part of this airport mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. just to be clear. Mm-hmm. we're not talking about like the eyes are like painted red i mean like they're no, they actually
1: glowing. there's fucking glowing. leds on there
0: <laughs> like, they're glowing red eyes
1: yes and like i don't know <laughs> people In like world us world are world. like <laughs> people like us are like ah four horsemen of the apocalypse logical thinkers say no our nfl team is the denver broncos and their colors are blue and orange so big blue horse yeah <laughs> it makes sense I like the more sinister version of Lucifer. Uh, I just just like
0: the fact that somebody was like, all right, we've got the airport, we got the underground tunnels, we got the gas masks in the murals and everything. What are we missing? And somebody was like, (laughs) a
1: (laughs) giant horse. (laughs) Murderous horse. Did they spend a lot of time in Wichita Falls? (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) they were like, hmm, big ass horse. Okay, so...
0: Also just to add a little neighborhood app discourse to this conversation. So mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. the people in like the neighborhood next to my mom's neighborhood mm-hmm. um had this giant horse statue. Obviously not as big as big <laughs> Lucifer. Like yeah. Um but he had this giant horse stat- statue that he had gotten from like one of the pubs and um
1: he <laughs> stole it. At
0: i don't know i think he might have won it uh but at one point he had been anatomically correct but i think things were removed um Hmm. but you 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 knew what was supposed to be there right and so the level of discord because he had it in his front lawn (laughs) the level of discourse about this damn it went to like a town meeting they had to have a town hall over this and vote on whether or not the horse could stay
1: (laughs) for fuck's sake um, as far as anatomically correct horses go, Lucifer is one hundred percent good. He as is he should be packing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big ass horse. I can't. Okay, uh, you know what? Uh, what else does an airport need? I guess. Um, whatever the reason, though, behind its creation, we'll never know because this pony has lived up to the name Lucifer. Oh <laughs> yeah, he is. While constructing this massive Mustang, um, a piece of fiberglass fell from the top of the horse and landed on the creator, Luis Jimenez, which then severed an artery in his leg and he bled out and died. Yeah, it killed its master. (laughs) And he lives on to tell the tale. That fucking Lucifer. But yeah, that's kind of all I've got for the Denver airport. If you fly to Colorado, land there at your own risk. I love it. I actually so I
0: listened to a podcast um, called Beach to Sandy Water to Wet, yes. and they re they're, not recently. Um, I've been back listening, but they did an episode on reviews of public art, and a bunch mm-hmm. of people reviewed um, <laughs> the Blucifer at <ad>. nice,
1: <laughs> or it could have been their
0: airport. It, they had an airport episode. They have public mm-hmm. art episode, but they like read reviews, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people sent in reviews about Blucifer, and I they love were
1: that wonderful. I love it. I love him. (laughs) But that's kind of all I got for you today on the Denver airport. Um, 10 out of 10. Incredible. Throw it over to you, I guess, my guy.
0: Okay, cats and jammers. So today I am telling you about the Enfield Poltergeist. Please don't say cats and jammers again. It's too close to, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I veto your rejection of cats and jammers.
1: All right. (laughs) <laughs> Moving on. I will continue to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what happened to what's shaking and bacon? Oh yeah, what's shaking and bacon, baby? Spin you a web something S- a tail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spin me a web, weave me a tail. Yeah, what happened to those? Why do we have cats and jammers? What? Cats and jammers, yeah. Anyways. Cats in jammers if you prefer. Ooh. Which
0: I can... would be pajamas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For those of you that don't know, yes.
0: Okay, so we're talking about the Enfield poltergeist. Okay. Now the Enfield poltergeist is a pretty big deal, actually. Okay. Um, okay. And Other angsty teenage girl. Mm, so, sort of. Sort oh, okay. of. So okay. So the Enfield poltergeist um, in popular culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is uh, it? It's the it's the, the the conjuring two, is what I'm okay. Getting at. It's, right. it's The
1: Conjuring 2. Um, so we're going to talk about is it. that the one, I know you're about to tell me about it, but is that the one where they're in, like, London or whatever? Yeah, with Bill Wilkins. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Yes. So,
0: um, it was uh, the span of three years in the 1970s. Um, it took place at 284 Green Street Brimstown in Enfield, England. Okay. Um, and we are centered around the Hodgson family. Okay. Um. So yeah, this is a pretty big case. Um, recognized kind of all over the world. Uh, it's been a whole last
1: movie about it.
0: Yeah, it's spawned TV shows, books, films, all of the above. Um. So and of course, Ed and Lorraine. Um. While they do not, in real life, they do not play as big of a part as The Conjuring 2 would lead you to believe, uh, they yeah. did pop up there. I'm sure they did. For, they were for popping brief, up in lots of places. Brief moment. So, we are gonna get into it. Okay. Lay it on me. Now, starting with, like, who the family is. They lived um, on 284 Green Street. It was, like, a three-bedroom um, semi-detached house uh built in the 20s um and this took place in like 1977 i believe um, well, I was born happy birthday mom <laughs> Woo. Woo hi april <laughs> um so at the time of the poltergeist it was the family was 47 year old divorcee peggy hodgson and her four children that's a um, lot of kids Yes. It's a lot going on. So, it was You're Margaret... outnumbered. Yes. Was severely
1: outnumbered.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret, 13, Janet, 12, John, 11, and Billy, 7.
1: A lot of attitude in that house. <laughs> e- yeah. There's
0: a lot going on. A lot. So, in general, um, Peggy was considered to be, like, a, a really pleasant, conscientious person. Um... She really overcame financial insecurity and did everything she could for her children. Proud of her as far as the kiddos go, um, Margaret, the oldest, was pretty reserved, pretty serious. Um Janet, who this sor- story mostly centered around mostly centers mm-hmm. around, was very lively, very extroverted. John wasn't there very much because he was at a special boarding school. Oh. So he was really holding home uh, some weekends and holidays.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, and then, good for
0: him. yeah. Billy was a pretty normal seven year old boy. Um, he did have a speech defect, but other than that, he was a seven year old.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair.
0: In the same neighborhood, um, we've got Peggy's brother, John Burkham, who was a hospital worker. He lived with his wife, Sylvia, and his two two children paul and denise the families were really close um and supportive all that good stuff um and then her next door neighbor peggy's next door neighbors were vic nottingham and his wife peggy and their 20 year old son gary um and they also
1: seemed friendly and supportive listen psa and if your name is gary i'm sorry don't name your kid gary that's why he's 28 living with you he's only 20 oh 20 okay I thought you said yeah. 28, which there's still Gary's nothing wrong with 20. living with your parents at 28 either. It's just a joke.
0: It's a joke! Don't you come for Gary.
1: Don't you come Gary for Gary can live his life. But the two Peggy's next door, that's confusing.
0: That is confusing, yeah. So, getting into our, like, first incidents. On uh, August 31st, 1977, in the evening,
1: mm-hmm. Janet
0: and John heard some shuffling going on in the bedroom.
1: Um, doing it somebody's in there doing it
0: <laughs> their mom came in um and originally she was like y'all gotta stop mucking about i don't want it but they were like she no like we're we're spooked out she um, said mucking about who are you what well, What? Like an this? english lady in the 1977s in
1: the 1977s like it was more than one year
0: <laughs> you know i'm sure for some people it felt like it was <laughs> hey that's fair so she came in and all three of them heard, like, knocking sounds. Good. And then they watched a chest of drawers move, like, 18 inches across the room. Oh! Um, and so, <laughs> immediately, Peggy was like, no, thank you. And we gotta go. Went and <laughs> went and got the next-door neighbors. Oh, she went and got Peggy? <laughs> she went and got Vic and Gary. Oh, okay. okay. Peggy, other Peggy was like, I'm good. No. I'm gonna sit this I'm one just,
1: out. I'm gonna stay over here.
0: All right, so they get there, and they hear more knocks, And, like, Vic later said that, like, he couldn't find a source for any of the knocks, but they kept on kind of following around the house. And so, at this point, other Peggy, Peggy Nottingham, called the police. (laughs)
1: It's nice that, like, because I always worry that I'm going to see something wild at my house and the ghost is going to gaslight me and then I'm going to, like, <laughs> bring people over and it's not going to do the ghost thing anymore. <laughs> so I'm really glad that, like, when they got over there, it was also yeah. like, knock, knock. <laughs> like, Oh, for sure. For sure. And Peggy, other Peggy, was not with the shit. She said, I'm calling the
0: police. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs> Something's so, not
0: right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, police people, heaps and hyams. <laughs> heaps and hyams. That's just funny. Did you say police um, people? Yeah, police people. I don't know what they call them over in Across the Pond. Okay. It says WPC. I, I'm... J- police people. Okay. All right. So, heaps witnessed a chair move, um, like, a couple of feet across the living room, just willy-nilly. <laughs> there was more knocking, um, and uh, over the next, like, couple of days, marbles and, like, toys
1: like, Legos and stuff, mm-hmm. flew around the house just on their own. I think it's wild that, like, oh, we might have a ghost or a poltergeist or something. Who are we going to call? The police. What are they going to yeah. do? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, what are know, they supposed to do? I keep a record of it. I don't know. Hey, I, I, at least there's a paper trail.
0: I feel like it's at least, like, because, like, if, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would say, like, there's more validity in that. Not the, mm-hmm. like, because, like, but policemen police and women yeah. are, like still regular human beings right Right. but i feel like there's some weight that is carried if it's like nah this went in a police report that's fair Uh, the policeman saw it like
1: i'm not crazy somebody
0: of official
1: this is written on a letter
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) saw that this happened (laughs) you know (laughs) okay
1: okay fair fair
0: so they got toys flying around and shit Um, and both the Nottinghams and, like, members of the family saw this. Yeah. So, after that, they had visits by, like, council officials, clergymen, and, like, other people, but nothing, like, deterred what was going on. It's not good. It's not good. So, on September 4th, uh, Miss Nottingham, again, Peggy's not with it, called (laughs) the Daily Mirror, um, (laughs) and basically, like, she was just hoping that some like it would put her in, like, put them in touch with somebody who could help.
1: Yeah, Peggy's fair. really doing all the work here. Peggy and... is. She said, I will not live next to a poltergeist. I i get it. I get it. I, same,
0: <laughs> Un- unless your buyer is Zach Bagans, it really brings the value of the neighborhood down. It does, yeah. So, a reporter named Douglas Bentz and a photographer named Graham Morris came and visited the house. Okay. Both men saw flying objects, um, and Graham Morris was hit in the forehead by a piece of like, Oh, no! By a piece
1: of what? <laughs> a Lego? <gasps> oh, no! And it flew hard enough that it, like, left a Bruce. Oh, <laughs> I bet it left a little Lego imprint. It didn't. Rip. Um,
0: and on September 7th, my birthday, shout Happy out to birthday. me, um senior reporter george fallows and photographer david thorpe visited the house okay so they got people in and out and like a bunch of people like the reason this is so well documented is because i think it's something like there were at least 30 witnesses to like the stuff that was going on in this house
1: this is the way to do it if if your house is haunted you let everybody traipse in there like it's the john bonnet ramsey house you bring fucking (laughs) everyone through there to see that bitch listen and again peggy nottingham was like i am no we are recording everything she
0: said i'm calling the police i'm calling the daily
1: mirror (laughs) you will put this in the paper i am not with it
0: no so at this point george fallows from the daily mirror he reaches out to the society for psychical research or the spr and talked to their secretary wow their their secretary eleanor O'Keefe, um and she got in touch with maurice gross who recently joined the um, organization and basically said, yeah, I'll be an, I'll be an investigator. So he actually uh, was a very successful inventor. Fun fact. Cool. And he was responsible for a lot of innovations, including the rotating advertising billboard.
1: Oh, yeah. Neat. Yep. My so, mom wants me to invent a big ass chip cl- clip that could go on the dog food bags. I'm going to cut all that out because I didn't have a coherent sentence. Keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so
0: he pretty much got into, like, paranormal phenomenon um, after the death of his daughter, who was also named Janet, in mm. 1976. So he, he got into all that because right, of that.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: so he visited on September 5th. Um, he pretty much said, hey, uh, you got to be calm and take any notes of any incidents that happen. Okay, cool. So He's up in that bitch. Yeah, he's he's up in there. So mm-hmm. him and three Daily Mirror reporters witnessed a loud crash. Um, he decided at this point he was going to take on the case. Um, he was interested. He was like, yes, let's do this. Yes. <laughs> so of the other things that, and we'll get into kind of like a, a big list of things that happened in the house, but of mm-hmm. the other things that he and other people observed, um, he saw marbles fly across the air and land on the floor without rolling, oh, oh. which is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: it shouldn't just land there. it yeah, shouldn't fly like across the room to begin with. But that added detail is not good. Absolutely.
0: Um, doors and drawers that opened on their own, door chimes Suspense that just—yeah, door chimes that just swung around. Cool. Um, and uh, objects like teaspoons, cardboard box, fish tank lid. Stuff like that that like jumped, cool. Yeah, so they got a lot of a lot going on. Yeah. Um. So they were witnessed. Uh, like those things were witnessed by Gross, the Hodgins, Peggy Nottingham's father, and four reporters mm-hmm. and photographers from the Daily Mirror. Um. Okay. And uh, since it was still like pretty early, it was a pretty big deal that like as many as ten people that were not related to the family had seen this stuff happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, when you don't live there and you don't have any, like, there's too many people that would have to be in on, like, the secret for it to be a hoax, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, at
0: this point, um, Guy Playfair um, mm-hmm. decided he wanted in, too. So, he uh, joined Gross and arrived on September 12th, um, along with Rosalind Morris from BBC Radio 4, and um, The World This Weekend. Okay, cool. So Lots of
1: people showing up. It's a hot yes. story.
0: So Gross and Playfair worked together for more than a year. They made a total of 180 visits and yeah. 25 all-night visits to the house. Oh, that's a lot. Yes. So, of basically, like, I'm going to get into, like, all of the stuff that kind of happened. Um, it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they have, like, the most closely recorded, like, poltergeist-type case, OK. Um, they kept a lot of records with a lot of details. They had tape recordings, which we'll get into a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like they eventually told having like 180 hours yep. at this house. That's a lot. Um, so they were they were there a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as follows, here are the things that were going down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, we've got marbles and Legos flying through the air.
1: Yeah. It's dangerous to say the least.
0: A teapot shook vigorously on a cabinet. Um,
1: just okay. for funsies. Nice. I also do that.
0: <laughs> Same. Just <laughs> having a good time, you know. Yep. I sit on my cabinet and I just
1: <sighs> shake it. <up>. Shake.
0: <laughs> uh, metal spoons bent, and the lid of a metal teapot uh, was deformed. Oh. The shade of a bedside lamp tilted and then straightened. Okay. A bathroom door opened and closed with nobody nearby cardboard boxes and some cushions were thrown a slipper Throne. was also thrown <laughs> oh uh, a framed certificate was just yeeted off the wall i mean like why you have to be so violent i know right um a bedroom carpet was pulled up at the edge to form an identical shape each time uh which gross tried to replicate and he couldn't oh that's weird um, a seti was levitated and overturned. What is a seti? I don't know what a, know what a seti is.
1: Okay, I mean. well, it fucking levitated and overturned. Yep.
0: Um, Janet was levitated and placed in several different places. Oh
1: no, Janet!
0: <laughs> that's not good!
1: <laughs>
0: it really like, isn't. that's not what you want. Kitchen unit doors slid open on, on their own. Okay. Uh, we got the door chimes swanging, footsteps. Um, Margaret was held by an unknown force. Uh, we got knocks, bangs, crashes, um, coins disappearing from one room, reappearing in another. Rude. Small fires starting and then extinguishing themselves. Great. Water just appearing, which oh. would be
1: so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it would. I'd be pissed. I mean, because those floors are probably real hardwood. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I bet that's a bitch. Ugh, terrible. We got electrical equipment
0: malfunctions. Um, some apparitions were seen. Cool. Uh, the iron frame of the fireplace was wrenched from the wall.
1: Oh, that's a- aggressive. My that's personal a favorite. Um,
0: excrement appeared in inappropriate places.
1: Oh, excrement outside of the toilet is inappropriate. It's, it's bad, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> not great.
0: Uh, m- written messages and uh, abusive remarks and swear words in a gruff and masculine of voice produced
1: by Janet. Well, that is all pretty alarming to say the least. <laughs> it's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. Yep. So...
0: Um, of some Janet. of these things right? Some of these mm-hmm. things happened like all at once mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things were repeated and they happened at both day and night Um, some were just seen by people like members of the public uh, really? who in a lot of cases had like no relation to the
1: Hodgson family but well, they just walked by the house and it was like fucking barbels being thrown on, across yeah. the room what the fuck? Yeah. That's wild so uh there was um,
0: this lady named Hazel Short. So she was a road crossing council employee. Um, they call them lollipop ladies. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool title. So she had been walking towards the house to pick up her sign. She said, I was standing there looking at the house when all of a sudden a couple of books came flying across and hit the window. It was so sudden. I heard the noise because it was so quiet. There was no traffic and it made me jump. Then, after a little while, I saw Janet. I don't know if there's a bed underneath that window, but she was going up and down bodily as though someone was just tossing her up and down in a horizontal position, like as if somebody had got a hold of her legs and back and was throwing her up and down. Um, Uh. She said, I definitely saw her come up about window height, but I thought if she was bouncing, she'd bounce from her feet. She wouldn't be able to get enough power to bounce off her back to come up that high. My friend could see her as well. So there's that.
1: (laughs) Um, So
0: Janet was just being yeeted around.
1: So uh, this woman sees Janet kitten tossed around like a rag doll and just leaves. I would fuck Janet. Uh, I'm just like assuming like at
0: this point like a lot of people probably know that this house is haunted. (laughs) That house is not my business. So honestly, if I'm Hazel, I'm gonna be like, (laughs) not my business. I gotta go. Gonna get my sign. I'll I'm let somebody go away know.
1: Now, right. Then I'm leaving. File a police report, but I gotta go.
0: Yeah. So, Caroline Heeps, who was one of the uh, police people aforementioned, mm-hmm. um, she said, she like testified and um, that on thursday september 1st 1977 at approximately mm-hmm. 1 a.m i was on duty in my capacity as a policewoman when i received a radio's message i went to the address where i found a number of people standing in the living room i was told by the occupier of this house that strange things had been happening during the last few nights and that they believed that the house was haunted myself and another pc entered the living room of the house and the occupier switched off the lights almost immediately i heard the sound of knocking on the wall that backed onto their next door neighbor's house there were four distinct taps on the wall and then silence about two oh. minutes later i heard more tapping but this time it was coming from a different wall again it was a distinctive peal of four taps uh. the pc and the neighbors checked the walls attics and pipes but could not find anything to explain the knockings The PC and the neighbors all went to the kitchen to check the refrigerator pipes, etc., leaving the family and myself in the living room. The lights in the living room were switched off again. Within a few minutes, the eldest son pointed to a chair which was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. Then I saw the chair slide across the floor towards the kitchen wall. It moved approximately three to four feet and then came to rest. At no time did it appear to leave the floor. I checked the the chair but could find nothing to explain how it had moved. The lights were switched back on. Nothing else happened that night, although we have later reports of disturbances at this address. What the fuck? It's a lot
1: for a cop to say that in a police yep. report. Yep. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, George
0: and gave an account of some of the events that he witnessed... Um, and he said, because of the emotional atmosphere at the house and in the neighborhood, ranging from hysteria through terror to excitement and tension, it had been difficult to record satisfactory data. Nevertheless, I am satisfied. Um, I am satisfied. The overall impression of our of our investigation is reasonably accurate. To the best of our ability, we have eliminated the possibility of total trickery. Although we have been able to simulate most of the phenomenon. In my opinion, this faking could only be done by an expert.
1: Oh, yes, the single mother and her four children.
0: So, we'll get into some of the skepticism about it. Because okay. um, there, of course, with all poltergeist and ghost stories, there is some skepticism. Yeah, for sure. So, at this point, we're going to talk about that weird-ass voice that was featured in The Conjuring.
1: <laughs> no, for sure. Not too late on me. It's yeah. scary.
0: So, three months after all of this started... Um, mm-hmm that voice just started coming from janet great so that started that's what you want yeah i hate it yeah i, know. I hate it
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it started as a series of whistles and dog-like barks
1: oh. um
0: and eventually like ended up sounding like that of an elderly man Um, it was harsh and guttural and didn't <sighs> sound anything like janet well it's terrifying to say the least yeah so it identified itself as Joe Wilkins um, and pretty much said that he used to live in the house. And, um, and that he wouldn't fucking leave it? Uh, pretty much, yeah. And it Great. was confirmed that uh, Mr. Wilkins had lived in that house and had died in that house. He ain't fucking leaving um, for love or money. It's his motherfucking house. Yeah. Which it was, that fact was seemingly unknown to Janet.
1: So why would she know? I mean, they didn't have any reason yeah. to look him up until afterwards. Well, I don't know who lived in my house before. Right. Like, why would you? You know?
0: So, this voice um, habitually swore, like a sailor, um, and claimed to still be living uh, and to sleep in Janet's bed, which is honestly well, pretty gross.
1: I mean, he's living through Janet, apparently.
0: Yeah, jeez. So, he, like, basically went into further details, because um, he was interrogated by maurice gross's son Um, and he said i went blind and i had a hemorrhage and i fell asleep and i died on the chair in the corner downstairs okay so they pretty much wanted to test like to see if janet was faking it or not yeah so they taped up janet's mouth and they still continued to hear the voice while it was subdued um But they still heard it, and uh, they also heard the voice when Janet's mouth was also filled with water. Oh. Like, she's talking, or, like, it's just the voice? The voice is just there. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah, so we love that. So, at some point in 1978, Margaret also started to speak in a similar harsh voice, but it wasn't with the same intensity or duration as Janet. That's not good. That means it's somebody else. Yeah. So... There were a lot of recordings of this voice and I do think you can find them online. Um Oh really? Yeah, and I I have listened to the tapes before and they are creepy.
1: They are real weird. Oh, I don't sure. like
0: it. Fucking scary. So, a like contact microphone was placed on the back of Janet's head and it appeared to, like it picked up like what seemed to be a different and louder sound than her normal voice. So, a speech therapist approached um by the investigators was pretty much like they they weren't able to say like how the sound was happening or where it was coming from but they did say that it had Mm -hmm. some resemblance to a false vocal cord
1: tone um which i believe is like ventriloquy oh yeah so what janet's a fucking ventriloquist now
0: yeah so that's one of like the skeptic things is they think that she learned ventriloquy which would be pretty impressive and ver- For like, a twelve-year-old, very hard. Yeah, a physicist at London's Burbeck College. Um, basically, like, they conducted some experiments to like see, um, like what <laughs> ventriloquy like would do to like somebody's voice and uh, basically because you have like muscle tension in the throat and that's that's how you get it like you with like the muscle tension in the throat it produces sounds like independent of your vocal cord
1: okay um
0: but there are known side effects to this um uh-huh. which would be like around six weeks of hoarseness and a sore throat neither of which were exhibited by janet right so oh let me correct that so That is about, um, like, a condition known as pilka ventricularis, which is, like, a condition. Oh, okay. That they maybe thought that she had, but it didn't seem like she did. That's good. So, Ryan Allen, who was a ventriloquist, thought that it was produced via the diaphragm. This was disputed by Gross and Playfair because she would have had to have learned ventriloquy and gotten really, 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 really good at it. Like really good at yeah, it. Yeah.
1: To just to just use your diaphragm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Gross was so positive that like that could not be it that he offered five hundred pounds and later a thousand pounds to a nominated charity if literally any child could rep- replicate the voice under the terms he specified. So l- he was like literally if any child can can do this any thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, And nobody took up that offer. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they didn't. Yeah. So there have also been, like, more recent reports of a similar phenomenon. Um, In 2012, uh, Professor Richard E. Gallagher uh, reported the case of a woman referred to as Julia, um, who would sporadically, like, enter into a trance state and basically, like, curse up a storm from, like, a voice that wasn't
1: hers. Great. Um, so this happens to a lot of people
0: that yeah, and is this alarming. is pretty common in things that it's pretty common in like demonic possession, right, so it's interesting for sure, it's scary, yeah, f- absolutely, so it's, we're gonna get into some of like the methods of the investigation itself in May of nineteen seventy eight the s p r set up a committee to basically investigate the investigation. Oh, okay. so, they wanted to make sure this was, like, up and up and... Because this is a lot of evidence. Right. So they interviewed a lot of witnesses considering much of the testimony. Um, you know, they looked at a whole lot of stuff, and they thought that it looked clear and convincing. Okay. Um, they also sought es- expertise from Charles Moses of Southern California, Society for Psychical Research. And they pretty much concluded that, like, there was good evidence here. Um, it yeah. really looked like there was a lot of paranormal phenomenon, and um, it seemed like there were credible informants, although there was judgment on some of the incidents, incidences that, like, couldn't be clearly observed. They were really wary about the other voice, but for the most part, they felt like most of the paranormal events seemed
1: legit. Okay. Um, I feel like that's fair, to be wary on the voice. Yeah. But, like, there's not another logical explanation, so... Yeah, it's real weird. It's weird, yeah. In addition to that, a physicist
0: named John Hasted found that Janet's body, like, increased in weight when she was strapped to a Blundell couch uh, devised to measure such anomalies. He pretty much reported that there were two sudden five-second weight increases signals um, of about one kilogram um in a minute of gradual weight increase and then it eventually returned to normal. And they have oh. no idea what that is. So she That's just weird. like got heavier for a little bit.
1: That's weird. What? You yep. think it's like the uh, spirit entering and leaving her body? Like what? Maybe? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I don't know. They um, weigh,
0: they've weight. Yeah. So physicist David Robertson tried to um video Janet secretly, which is kind of weird and creepy, but whatever. Um, i'm sure he had permission from her mom i hope so me too but they like could not conceal the equipment from her um now he did report levitation of janet and a whole bunch of other stuff that we kind of already went over right and in addition to that there were two mediums that also came to hang out Okay,
1: sure. Gotta get their hands on that.
0: <gasps> yeah, so there were two Brazilian mediums named Louise Gaspareto and Elise de Bugrass. de I don't. I don't think I'm saying that right.
1: Degrassi?
0: <laughs> Grassi? De And they seem to have some sort of beneficial effect on Janet's behavior. That's good. Um, so I could probably talk yeah, to so him. Yeah. So they soothe him. Yeah. They had like a healer and a psychic come, cool. um, and it seemed to kind of like chill her out a little bit. You know, and Peggy was also kind of like getting headaches at this time. There's a lot going on, and of course, Ed and Lorraine popped in to also, oh yeah, hang out and play a part. They really didn't do much though. I think I legitimately think they just like popped in, they were like haunted and then popped out.
1: Oh, okay, well, as long as they validated it, that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if it was that. They just like appeared shortly, and then
1: you they know, like, oh that yeah, was that it. that Lego did hit him in the face. nice
0: yeah so some of the skepticism Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now gross and playfair both admitted that occasionally margaret and janet did try to trick them um they did also say that they were pretty quickly discovered and like they pretty much always owned up to it
1: yeah like they're not gonna go as far as to do this they're little girls Yeah,
0: so they were pretty much, like, yeah, they were probably just copying stuff and, like, messing around,
1: and... Right.
0: You know, I think if I was a kid that was being haunted, I'd probably try to play some pranks, too.
1: Well, they're living in a hell house. They have to have fun somehow. Yeah. you can blame it on something else. Fuck
0: it. Yeah, so Janet did later admit that they cheated about 2% of the time. So, like, they were definitely playing some pranks.
1: Fair. Um, Okay.
0: But pretty much all the family and the neighbors really believed the phenomena to be real um, and yeah. peggy was known to have like really great integrity um and you know there were also a lot of credible witnesses i mean what would they have gained from like yeah lying about a lot of it? a lot of people i mean i guess i guess like media coverage i don't know yes
1: um, but to what end
0: yeah, that was kind of like the other reason is people are like, "Oh, they probably just wanted to like be in the news or whatever." But a lot of people that knew Peggy personally were like, "No, like she's like a really like, sound yeah. lady." Yeah. But um of course, you know, a book was written about this and Melvin Herr uh Melvin Harris um <laughs> I'm struggling. I too. Um, kind of like went through the book written about the haunting um with a fine-tuned comb, and he was pretty much like, nah, this is just spirited hijinks. Uh, (laughs) Just a spirit being a spirit? Is that what that means? No, like, he just thought the girls were pranking him. Real good. Oh, Just a real okay. good prank that lasted three years. That involved, like, 30 people yeah. and the police. So, you know, and there were a couple, again, like, there were a couple of times where, like, Janet and Margaret were found, like, bending spoons on their own and stuff. But, yeah, I don't think that's that crazy. I don't think it's that crazy.
1: Also, like, for a kid to take the prank past the police showing up. Yeah, like. I don't see that happening. Like, they would probably think they're gonna get in trouble. You know what I mean? And, like, own up. I was kidding.
0: Yeah, I think, like once maybe twice but i think when it gets to the point where you've got like just and i don't i don't think the police are gonna <laughs> lie and like they checked the chair and like there was no fishing wire or anything like that like i don't right
1: think, what does think everybody it have pretty, to gain
0: yeah i think it would have been pretty easy to be like so you obviously fake this like there's some stuff I right. think would be really hard to fake
1: but there's a lot of people in that house just living yeah. there
0: yeah and i think at some point like your mom would probably be like uh, cut this shit out like stop right. what it. the
1: fuck are you doing Fucking sit down, shut up.
0: Yeah. So, uh, kind of some later developments. Mm-hmm. Peggy Hodgson um, died in two thousand and mm-hmm. um three. It is uh, said that she died in the same like corner that Bill Wilkins died.
1: Oh, you think so she's that's... still at the house?
0: Oh, I don't know. But like, that's like a like a popular thing that like when Peggy died, like she died in the same chair in the same corner. Oh. Um, which is real strange. Yeah. What if he killed her? Who knows. So, her older son, John, unfortunately, um, died in 1981 at age 14. Mm, um, Janet left home at 16 and married young. Um, and she suffered the loss of her own son when she was age
1: 18. Mm,
0: awful. Um, Maurice Gross uh, died in 2006 and Guy Playfair in 2018. Mm. So, after all of this happened, uh, Peggy was like, I don't want any more publicity um she was just kind of done but she never changed her stance about the um the weird stuff that like happened and the weird stuff that they experienced um Mm -hmm. billy was real young he is pretty indifferent he has no opinions about the events he's like Um, i don't remember (laughs) i don't know yep and uh, both Janet and Margaret have had some brief appearances on some documentaries, um, and they pretty much stuck with it and, and been like, yeah, this this really happened to us. Um, wow. Yeah, so in 2011, an article... Um, A newspaper asked if she thought the house was still haunted, and she said, years later, um, when mom was still alive, there was always a presence there, something watching over you. Janet said after everything that, like, happened, she was bullied at school as a result of the incidents.
1: That sucks. Um,
0: She did also mention having played with a Ouija board before everything happened. Um, That's Janet's fault. Janet fucking did that. (laughs) Let let that man back in. Um, she also said that she had been unaware that she went into trances until she was shown the, like, the photographs of it. Oh. Um. She said, I knew when the voices were happening, of course. It felt like something was behind me at all times. They did all sorts of tests, filling my mouth with water and so on, but the voices still came out. The levitation was scary because you didn't know where you were going to land. I remember oh. a curtain being wound around my neck. I was screaming. I thought I was going to die. That's scary. Um, I, like, even if it didn't happen, to think that it happened. Yeah. So after peggy passed away um the house was briefly occupied by another mother of four claire bennett um, and she said i didn't see anything but i did felt feel uncomfortable and there was definitely some kind of presence in the house i always felt like someone was looking at me her sons would wake in the night and hear people talking downstairs she then found out about the house's history and uh, she said suddenly it all makes sense and then they left
1: yeah for sure i'm out (laughs) Outie.
0: bye yeah so um, before anything
1: does happen,
0: huh. yeah, she was like, "Bye, like, um, smell I'm you out. later, losers.
1: I'm leaving." Yeah,
0: and um, but yeah, that that is the story of the Enfield poltergeist. Uh, it's wow. a real interesting one. It uh, is interesting. A lot going on.
1: Very scary. I don't know that I'd want to live through that. And just to me, like, so many people saw it happen. Yes. Very like tangible so... facts. Yeah, you know. There's a police I report. Just... <laughs> I mean,
0: like, props to Peggy for staying in the house after all of this. Because I, I would have
1: I would have dipped. I-, 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 I would have left. 100%.
0: 100%. 100%.
1: Oh, the people talking, though? Because that lady moved in after Peggy passed away, I guess, right? Yeah. So could mm-hmm. the people talking be like Peggy and the old man? She's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house, dog? Get the fuck Let out. See. Let's see. Um. Yeah, after Peggy died. Mm-hmm. The people talking would be Peggy and the old man. I'll beef bet. Real hashing it out after years mm-hmm. she's like i'm fucking here now forever bitch <laughs> she's like let's go it's been 30 years <laughs> you want to say something say it to my face right oh my god yeah well, a good little spooky tale this spooky a little conspiracy theory for you earlier oh and a big blue horse i love it and a big bluefuss blucifer <laughs> bluefuss, blue-fuss. <laughs> okay well with that <laughs> We're going to get out That's of here. That's what you call the blue man group. A oh. bunch of blue faces. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry,
0: big man, blue man group.
1: <laughs> and we're sorry, Blue-sifer. Um, Do you want to do you want to do our socials? Sure. Um,
0: Give us a follow at your mom's a hoax pod at most of the things. Is that or is there no pod at the end? Is it just your mom's a hoax?
1: It's just your mom's a hoax on like all, all right. the things except for TikTok
0: yeah give us a follow at your mom's a hoax at on on most of the things on tiktoks mm-hmm. we are ymah pod nice um and our gmail is your mom's a hoax pod at gmail.com send us an email mm-hmm. say hello suggest a topic whatever you want to do yeah um, we love to just, hear from
1: you yeah just be kind Hmm. we'd appreciate it and yeah. um Rate and love review. yes rate and review rate and review please please and I guess we'll see you next week absolutely absolutely
0: we are in the works of workshopping something creative something fun mm-hmm. so uh, see what y'all be think be on the lookout for that yes. and we're not gonna announce it yet so no, we right.
1: don't know quite what the plan is
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes but we love you we love you goodbye bye